What's going on, guys? You are listening to the Lens Culture Photography Podcast, hosted by myself, Jonathan Pajak. And I just want to let you guys know the purpose of this podcast is to help all of you guys, photographers, videographers in this awesome industry, grow your business. That is the main purpose here. If you want to access anything I reference in this episode, be sure to head down to the show notes of the episode for additional information. Enough talking. Let's get right into it. In today's episode, we are talking all about Instagram ads. To some, this may be daunting and scary, but in today's episode, we're going to cover three simple, quick ad ideas um, that I've run in the past that have worked for me um, that you can run this weekend on Instagram and Facebook. Um, This is definitely more tailored to Instagram, um, but you can also run these on Facebook. What's going on, guys? I hope you're having a great week so far. Um, For those that are tuning in, I want to ask for a quick favor before we hop into today's episode. If you could go and leave me a review on whatever podcasting app you're listening to, um, obviously, preferably Apple, because obviously Apple's podcasting app is like huge. Um, But if you could leave me a review, if you enjoyed episodes before in the past, if you're listening to this episode and you're like, wow, this is some good information, leave me a review, guys. It'd be so helpful um, and I would greatly appreciate it. So let's jump right into today's episode. Okay, so Instagram, we all know and love it and maybe even hate it a little bit. I know I do at times. Um, I still find it to this day a little bit difficult to um, uh, to always be posting or remembering to be posting with everything else I have going on in my business. When, when I was writing up the notes for today's episode, I remembered being in high school when Instagram first became a thing. I remember the first time somebody sent me like an Instagram post. And I was like, what is this app? Like, I just think, I think I just got in the iPhone 4. And I was like, what is this app? I made an account and I remember seeing like these crazy photos that people would post. I, I think my first photo, photo was like a picture of like, like all this like Taco Bell sauce, like stacked up in Taco Bell back when it was like their old color scheme. And I think I had like 14 different filters added onto it, like boosted all the way up saturation. I got like 30 likes or something at the time. Like that was a lot, like 30 likes was a lot. You know, then it obviously continued to grow and social media evolved and companies started to see the power of it. Um, and that's when the influencer became a thing. Um, some might, some people might even say that's kind of when, you know, social media became big. I kind of toxic is during that, like, you know, 13, 2014, 15 years. Um, so we all know that posting, whether on your grid or on stories, um, plays a huge role on your account's engagement as well as the growth of your account. Um Everyone has their own opinions on how to go about this. Um, some people highly recommend daily posting. Um, this can obviously be very, a lot, all of these things I'm about to say can be very um, uh, tailored to whatever you're, you are posting about, whatever your business is per se. I'm more so saying about business, but also this would help if you are like a social media influencer too. Um, your quantity of posting can vary based on accounts, you know. Um, I think that like like Netflix shows, like let's say like a show like, you know, um, the Ozark, or what's another show that everybody's in love with? Uh, the show that blew up this summer on, on I can't even remember what it's called with with um, John B. Um, but let's say those shows, if they are a season based show, they may not post every single day. Now they may post every single day the first two weeks leading up to the drop of their new season, um, but that's because they're trying to create hype around it. Um, but for us photographers, videographers, wedding florists, and stuff like that, we all have our own about what. Um, how often you should be posting. Um, people say daily posting, people say weekly posting. Some people say posting isn't really the thing anymore, like you should have more emphasis on stories. And there's a lot of good articles like, um, you know, showing that the stories are really what are hot right now because I think they're quicker, they have some motion into it. You can post various different things that people can just like, you know, thumb through really quick. Um, some people have a big emphasis on the hashtags. I know somebody like, um, 
um, some some influencers say they don't use hashtags at all and they've grown their you know their engagement and social media is insanely or they just use like five and they're different every single time because Instagram I guess takes accounts to be spammy if they use the same you know hashtag every single time some people put emphasis on posting timing making sure you're posting when your audience and your followers are on the app and then obviously some have other stuff like tagging and stuff like that that they think plays a big role with this said, for those of you that don't know, Instagram is actually owned by Facebook. Now, that's a big deal because a lot of the Facebook principles are now slowly being carried over to Instagram. Um, you know, Facebook, when they first implemented their like whole, you know, most recent tab, now when they took away most recent and it was most popular or most trending, um, you don't you didn't see stuff that was most recent. Now if you go to most recent, oh my gosh, I feel like if you go to most recent on Facebook, like the majority of things you see are people posting on Facebook Marketplace and in 17 different groups on Facebook Marketplace. Um, but Facebook has no notoriously lowered the engagement and visibility of business posts due to their desire to you to run ads. They want you guys to run ads. So it was this was a big thing like two years ago when it first happened, but most businesses started to notice like, wow, like I used to get at least 100 likes per business business post not a personal and then now they're realizing wow i'm only like 20 or 30 now at the most um some strongly believe that that this is carried over to ig as well um hence no more chronological timeline uh, a great example of this new method of showing you know the most popular stuff is tiktok tiktok has they figured it out in a way of creating a for you page which is a genius idea because they are making a page of videos of content that they believe you like and that will keep you on the app as long as possible to see more ads that's ultimately the goal of all these ads is or all these applications and you know social media platforms to keep you on the app so some could say that ig implemented this same thing a little bit earlier but didn't go as aggressively of you know naming it for you or just making it only based off that um they pretty much show you i believe right now based on to my knowledge and like other people's like spreading their knowledge Instagram is showing you stuff that a you consistently um, you know like or comment on b other people are liking and commenting on more so more engagement and stuff that they think is relevant to you um, again not nearly as curated as TikTok's for you page I mean I could go on TikTok tomorrow search painting and then watch a bunch of those and the next day after that there's gonna be a bunch of painting stuff on that you know you could change your stuff really quick what i don't think is you could do it as quick with instagram but they want to show you the post that has a higher amount of engagement so you'll stay on the app that's why they took away chronological order because as soon as you caught up and i'm doing air quotes here you're off the app you've caught up on all the people you follow you know their postings and you're not going to stay on the app anymore so they were like huh we got to figure out how to get around this um because of this sometimes as a business our Instagram posts can also get lost, you know, and um, and we have seen a lot of engagement, you know, suffer like a suffering from engagement. Um, and sometimes we're just getting lost in that algorithm, unfortunately. But I have good news for you guys. <laughs> this is where your ads come in. Earlier this year, I did a whole episode with Alby Productions on Facebook ads and how he made like 20K plus on Facebook ads. So if you're more interested in Facebook, head over and listen to that podcast. He gave a pretty good breakdown of how he did it um, and how he's continuing to do it and even me, how I've implemented it as well. So first, I wanna jump into the power of Instagram ads. Within Facebook Manager is where all your ad creation takes place. Ads Manager, Face Manager, um, I just call it that for some reason. 
even for Instagram too, because like I said, Facebook owns it. So in this, you can narrow down your target audience so much to the point where you literally only have 20 people seeing your ad on a daily basis. Um, some examples are like age, demographic, like, and that could be like where they're living, if they're currently located there, maybe if they're on vacation, um, you could narrow down relationship status, interest, which is a huge factor, um, and so is relationship status as well. Um, those are just some quick examples. I cannot express to you how important the narrow, narrowing down is and the above factors I just said are when creating an, an audience. Um, what's an audience? Maybe some of you guys are saying an audience is just a group of people based off of a specific set of parameters that you are marketing to. Some examples, let's say if you want to photograph um, a surprise proposal. So surprise proposals. Oh, sorry guys, that bell. Um, my cookies are done. <laughs> um, a surprise proposal is obviously, usually, I think they, I think the knot said that 60 to 70% of proposals happen between October and February. You know, you have, you know, fall and then you have all the way up to like, you know, Valentine's Day and stuff like that. So that audience can be pretty big in, in that like four or five month time. So let's say you wanted to build an audience for that. You may build a audience for a single man in their 20 to 40s who recently visited kjewelers.com or jared.com or both of those um, in your area or something like that. Um, you could target like that. Um, you could even go as far as the you know um, wedding band page on those websites because you can target a specific URLs. Um, the audience is huge because this is where you narrow down who you want to market to and who your ideal client is. Um, that word ideal, the, those two words ideal client, those are huge. There are so many courses on marketing to your ideal client and even how to find them. My goal in this episode is to get you started in the right direction without having to pay for those courses. Um, and again, knowing your ideal client is huge. Um, knowing who you want to photograph is huge. If you love, you know, if you love barn weddings or outdoor weddings, like you don't ever want to photograph in a church, maybe you wouldn't, you know, f you know, target an interest of. Um, I don't even know how to, you wouldn't do that. So maybe like Catholicism or Christianity, because you you're gonna assume that those people those people of that faith are gonna want to get married in their church. So maybe you want to target adventure or um, vacation or something like that um, to narrow that down. But first things first, um, your creative for your ads is very very crucial. The creative is basically what they're what they're actually seeing. So the actual photo, video, you know, document or you know just asset of the ad that they're seeing. Always use content that represents your brand and portrays your business in the best light possible. Um, when I say this, you don't want to use a photo of um, you know you just standing there with your camera, um, you know, at a bar. Maybe use a nice, beautiful photo of a couple with a beautiful backdrop, like something that's eye-catching, that's popping, that represents your brand and stuff you want to shoot. If you don't want to shoot you know, um, barn weddings, don't put a barn photo on your ad, you know, maybe put a nice rooftop hotel photo or a beach photo or something. If that's what you desire, use your favorite image from a wedding or a nice edited photo of you and like a couple. Um, remember that Instagram is a, is a photo platform. So people are used to seeing really nice, high quality edited images, um, well-crafted as opposed to something like Facebook where, you know, you can have your mom and dad that post random iPhone selfies or something like that. Um, so stuff like, um, like an iPhone photo of you and the couple would blend in a little bit better on Facebook. And with the creative, you want it to be native to the platform. You want your photo to not look like an ad, you know, nothing's more annoying than when you're on like, let's say Snapchat, for example, 
And Snapchat is a vertical platform. You're seeing vertical videos, vertical photos. Um, unless someone takes a, takes a photo sideways, you may turn your phone. You may just skip it. Um, so you want to create an ad that you can't, that other people can't tell as an ad. So you would only do vertical video on Snapchat, not like a horizontal video with some text below it. People are just like notoriously going to know that's an ad and just skip it right away. Um, so let's hop right into my some of my quick examples that you guys can build an ad on and have it up by like literally this weekend. So the first one, and I've used this one, this was actually the first one I did on Instagram, was top five wedding venues in your area. Now, you're kind of thinking like, okay, I'm helping a couple find a venue, but how's that helping me? Well, I made this in the form of a blog post. Other people will always suggest some sort of ad that's set up like this. I think I actually stole this idea from Bree and Steven, which is another creative um, photographer um, people couple that I follow all the time and their podcast is great as well guys um, but this would be a blog post on your website most likely or you could do a landing page um, and for those that don't know what a landing page is again listen to that Facebook ads episode um, but I also go into it a little bit more deeper in today's episode as well um, but preferably you want to have your own photos and content of these venues of these locations and maybe even like a review of your services there if you've worked there before. So if the venue coordinator or the coordinator that you shot a wedding with there left you a good review, maybe put it in like a PDF or like a like a really nice representative like um, PNG file or asset and just have that up on the you know the blog or the landing page or something or even just the text or something like that as well. Um, but anything that will just resonate you to that venue um, helps a lot. Um, this idea to this idea is to have your your target client reading about these locations while also simultaneously seeing your work so if they love your work and they're seeing oh my gosh this venue is beautiful and they're they're kind of correlating that with the photos you're showing them because if it's the first time they saw the venue then they're going to be like oh wow these are really nice photos and this venue is absolutely beautiful i'd want my photos to look like this you know something like that um my recommendation is to if you can definitely do a blog post. If you can, if you have a few extra minutes, a landing page could be helpful, and I'll explain a little bit like that um, in the, in the later on the episodes. But you could also use your blog as a landing page as well. Um, but maybe sometimes just creating the landing page can be helpful for retargeting, and I'll explain that a little bit on a little bit later. Um, so a few things you should have in the blog post is a photo or video of yourself representing the brand. And this is crucial because you're putting a face to your name. Like yes, if your photography business is Rebecca Jones photography, they're going to know it's Rebecca Jones, but they might not, they're not going to know who you are, like your actual face and seeing you. So like putting a face to the name and the brand of the company is huge, especially when you're targeting, targeting a cold audience. So these are cold clients, somebody you that's never seen your page, never seen your work before um, that you are targeting to. So putting a face is, is great to your company name and stuff like that. On this blog post or landing page, you should also have multiple calls to actions um, and ones with different end goals. So uh, an example of this would be like, maybe you have a call to action at the very bottom of this blog post to to go to the next blog post or to see um, um, another helpful tip or something like that. Maybe you have a downloadable guide or something. Maybe you have a take me to your contact page or show me an additional gallery button. Something like that that keeps them going in your in your website, keeps them on there, gives them some place to go when they're done seeing your content or reading your content. I try to incorporate these like from the start because sometimes like people will bounce off of your landing page or off of your blog post. What bouncing is, is just when it loads and then they leave or when it doesn't load and they just leave right away. Um, so you obviously want to avoid that. So maybe maybe intriguing them with something else at the very top of the blog post or maybe off to the right side of that page will help you, help you further them along on your website while keeping them on there. Um, 
You can also have one of your calls to action just be a straight up book now option. Uh, maybe they've or inquire or let's chat button. I actually prefer let's chat over book now because yes, people might understand that um, book now is saying like I want to book you, but they also might understand that just to create a conversation. But let's chat just better because they're not like you're not enforcing them to to say book now. Um, in that little contact page, I would have very minimal questions. I would have very minimal um, name, phone number, email, reason for you reaching out, wedding, portrait session, etc., whatever you want to do, um, quick question, whatever. Um, very little barriers to entry there. You want to just get the conversation going. And when you get their cell phone number and their email, you could you know, send them a text, you could send them an email, etc. So very little to do there. Um, and then, like I said before, maybe even something free to download. Having a little free download PDF is just nice because um, maybe it'll help you um, further that relationship with them before you, they even contact you. So they're like, wow, I trust this person. He gave me a free guide on how to, you know, plan my engagement session or free guide on how to choose the right venue, stuff like that. This ad may want to be targeted to newly engaged couples because if they've already booked a venue, they may not click on your ad. Therefore you might be wasting money showing them your ad. Um, so you may want to ensure this by either targeting on like newly engaged like three months or less or even I think they even have a one month or less option um, to get them while they're still freshly engaged. But I have found that via my ads and other people's and other photographers that have kind of gave me their opinions, a lot of people aren't starting to plan unless it's like, you know, they're doing it within like six months and it's like a quicker wedding. Um, but if they're like not crazy rushed, they may not start planning to like the three month out. So I would probably do max smack six months on this first example um but you could also just say hey i just want to do the first three months or something like that the second example and a lot of the stuff in the first one is going to carry over to these next two guys some of the basic features of like how to build the audience for it um but the second example is five ways to ensure a stress-free wedding this is definitely a blog post and you could even do like a um like you could summarize this in a quick downloadable PDF or something like that. And you could even make like a YouTube video or what I'm even doing now, which is like a podcast episode. And they can even reflect more with you on a personal level if they watch your video of you explaining this guide or you talking about it for 20, 30 minutes or something like that. Um, a lot of the same principles apply. Like I said, um, I definitely wouldn't target. I, I You could definitely target longer than three months on this one um, in hopes that they haven't already booked somebody. Um, because they're going to want to know, oh, what, I don't want to have a stressful wedding. What are five ways I can do it? They're most likely going to click your ad, especially if you're targeting people that are, you know, in the planning stages for sure. In this, like I said, beautiful, beautiful images as well. Um, you know, a little, maybe a little bit more about you as well. Maybe like a video or a podcast or something. Um, the great thing about this and even the ad I mentioned above too is the potential retargeting. I'm going to give you one more example that we're going to go kind of a little bit into retargeting. Um, but I hope that, you know, between these two, these two are usually my favorite. And the third one, which is a, an engagement prep session guide, um, is something I've used before in the past. I didn't have nearly as good as a return as the first one I did. Um, but basically what an engagement se session prep guide is, is a lead magnet. You're getting them to a landing page on your website to download something. This is a guide you're giving for free. Um, I would say because it's a cold audience, you can basically try this in two different ways. You can have them give you an email to where you, they get emailed the guide or not, and they just get a direct download. So you'll know that they've gone to your you know website or your landing page based on just seeing the numbers of how many people have been there. And But if you get an email, you might be able to send them a follow-up email or something like that, and um, maybe they would be a little bit more inclined to hop on a call with you since you now have their email and you can start a conversation. Um, but I will say that 
Sometimes with cold, cold audiences, you want to have very little barriers to entry. So maybe they don't want to give you an email or something like that. Um, targeting for an engagement session prep is huge because not only do you get your foot in the door with a engaged couple, but a lot of times if they're, you know, interested in your guide or something like that, maybe they haven't even booked their photographer yet. So that's a great way to to get in with a couple that's in the planning stages, hasn't booked a photographer, etc. Um, I want to give you guys one small quick bonus one, and that's a free engagement guide. This ad takes a little bit more time to set up. I would definitely say run one of these other three first, um, and then maybe while you're doing that one, you could structure this one. Um, but the great thing about this is you can kind of weed out the people, or you won't be able to, I mean, not the great thing, the horrible thing about this is you may not be able to weed out the people that are just entering this or clicking on your ad for the free session. Um, often photographers hit either really big with this strategy or end up doing a dumb amount of free work, um, but I highly recommend this option if you are starting out. And I want to, I, I want to say this because if you're starting out, you don't have a lot of images. This could be a great way just to A, again, possibly get your foot in the door with an engaged couple, and B, just practice. Practice and to get beautiful images you can use for one of these other three examples and stuff like that. Um, so that is my examples of the type of ad campaigns you can run by this weekend. But before I let you go, I want to touch base on one last thing, and that is the retargeting. For those that have no clue what I'm saying um, when I'm referencing to this, basically retargeting is showing another ad to somebody that has seen your previous ads. With Facebook, you can retarget based on your link. So you would just take that landing page link from your first two or three ads and send another ad to that couple if they went to that link and spent more than 30 seconds on your page. You wouldn't want to target somebody that's bounced so it didn't even load or it loaded and they were gone in a second because um, they obviously didn't care to either stick around or maybe they were busy in their car or like sitting in a Starbucks line and their name got called. Who knows? Um, but retargeting is huge and in, in regards to you can show up again in front of your customers so they're not as cold as they were on that first ad um, and stuff like that. Retargeting is a big discussion. We'll definitely have to talk about that in another episode and kind of how to create a very successful campaign. But I wanted to just touch on it a very a little bit just so you guys can kind of understand and whatnot. Whew, that was a lot, a lot of information, um, a quick insight into IG ads. There's so much more info on this topic. And I hope to discuss more of this in future episodes like budgets, how to create that audience, multi-tier campaigns like I just referenced. Um, so be on the lookout for those as well. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. Please be sure to connect with me on Instagram and YouTube. I post on there pretty frequently. And like I said, do me a huge favor, guys. Please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts if you have a moment. Talk to you guys next week. Peace.